Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm Kenyon. <laughs> I'm Lucy. And I'm Amanda. And again, I'm Kenyon. Mm-hmm. I'm not Lucy. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lucy does the psych, the background in psych. And I does the do intro. usually the really long-winded case in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I sound every... like a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> Who's been, like, smoking crack since he was eight. I was out with my friend Shannon last night, and, like, we know each other. And yeah. she, after a couple drinks, she, like, confessed that she cannot tell the difference between me and Kenyon. <laughs> It's unbelievable. Like, I was talking to my uh, mom the other day, and she goes, well, Kenyon and Lucy just sound younger than you. <laughs> they haven't been through as much. She didn't say Fresher. it like that. I'm exaggerating, and she's going to be mad at me and want to submit a correction. <laughs> but we were chatting about how our voices were so different. We landed on that you both sound like far younger than I do. I sound like your exhausted mother who's just You're drunk the youngest. all the time. I know. I know. I've seen some shit, you guys. I know. I I've know. seen some shit. She's just been through a lot. <laughs> Road hard and put, put away, away wet. wet. <laughs> Militia murders. And uh, this amazing topic was a fan pick. So uh, fans donating at the highest tier level on Patreon, which is $25 a month or more, which still boggles my fucking mind that anyone would be (laughs) that generous to us. But thank you so much. Um, Mm -hmm. What are your jobs? How much (laughs) do you get paid? (laughs) Do you work in finance? What's happening? I wish I could afford Um, to give 25 bucks a month. paying you all? To anything. And for what? Um, we don't need to know. We just need to appreciate. I need Um, to know. Mm -hmm. So, uh, this week's was chosen by Christina Hill. Thank you so much. Thank Um, you, Christina. 
So fans mm-hmm. at that high tier level can choose as one of their special rewards. They can choose an episode topic and or case and or wine. And Christina chose uh, this week's topic and Amanda's case. So we're very excited about this topic. She also recommended a wine from Washington, I think it was, but we were not able to procure it in Minnesota or mm-hmm. South Africa or Iowa. So mm-hmm. we went with a wink wine. Another <laughs> winky wink, wine. Wink, 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 wink. <laughs> We don't need to be this annoying. Wink, wink. (laughs) Wink, 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 wink. This is the Alma Libre Red Blend. Alma Libre is a red blend from Wink Wine Club, which if you haven't joined it already, what are you doing? You need to join this club. Uh, we get are your shit together. Get your shit together. We are still and will probably be running our gals promo code for the rest of time. So go to mm-hmm. trywink.com forward slash gals. That's T-R-Y-W-I-N-C.com forward slash gals for 20 bucks off your first order. There's a ton of wines to choose from. We have been pairing and planning out pairings for a, a little while now and have not ever come up dry. Um... And a lot of varietals that I had never encountered, which is really cool. The labels are gorgeous. It's all, like, small lot, small wineries that they work with. A lot of really, really cool stuff. And if you put four... A lot of California wines. A lot of California wines, mm-hmm. which we're trying to support right now. This is imported and bottled by Wink out of California, but I this is a product of Chile. So I'm kind of doing mm. both. Um, <laughs> but yes. Yeah. Definitely, definitely check it out. You can always cancel at any time for free. Again, if you get four or more bottles in your cart, you don't have to worry about shipping. They take care of it. It comes right to your door or a location of your choice. It's the most convenient way to get wine ever. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like the liquor store shop owner down the street is wondering where I am and thinks I might be dead because I was going in every <laughs> other day. And now called in a welfare check. Yeah, I, I can't <laughs> believe no one's knocked on my door. So yeah, <laughs> check it out, trywink.com forward slash gals. So I chose this wine in particular for its name, which translates to free soul, Alma Libre. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I don't know, that just seemed fitting because these like radicalist douchebags are always talking about freedom from the government and all that crap, and which on paper can yeah. sound super great, but that means like the means through which they try to achieve that freedom is super not great. So, fuck them. Yeah, like the whole, like, sovereign citizen bullshit. And they always have some, like, you know, old Latin club name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, shut up. I hate you. definitely live with their mom. And with (laughs) empty pizza boxes strewn everywhere. Yeah. Uh Um, Yeah. This is a blend. It's a great life. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's a life that... I strive for. <clears throat> I do live with like empty wine bottles everywhere though, so that's classy. That is classy. That is way classy. I'm saving than pizza them boxes. for crafting projects. I was like literally I just gonna before. say I'm gonna make hanging lights never with these bottles. Pendant lights. Pendant lights. I'm in a, that's another that video. Christmas tree. We'll try that to... Etsy Christmas tree or uh, Pinterest oh. Christmas tree. <gasps> I am absolutely a little close to completing that tree. 
It is 10,000 wine bottles. It's so gorgeous. Anyway, okay. So back to this wine. It's a blend of Carmenere and Cabernet. We have talked a decent amount about Cab before, so let's skip that. But I don't think we've actually had a Carmenere on the show, so let's focus on that varietal. This grape originated in the Bordeaux region of France, but is now considered the national grape of Chile. Um, It thrived in the South American climate. The grape was finicky in the French climate. It's a little chillier over there. And it often had a difficult time growing. And I thought this was interesting. Um, There were many vintages that that almost had no Carmenere harvest at all. And following the... Phylloxera plague of 1857 that wiped out a majority <laughs> of Europe's grapes. Of course. So there was a yes. European Otherwise grape plague. Armageddon. Yeah, like what more the European slash French thing could you have than a grape, a wine grape plague? Oh, that's um, But after that happened in 1857, Carmenere was considered extinct. No one could find it in Europe or France. <clears throat> but, as luck would have it, just before phylloxera would hit Europe, a few cuttings of Carmenere happened to be imported to Chile, whose wine region was, like, just starting to grow. They were just starting to cultivate it. So the vines were planted Chile around the valleys the of Santiago and almost immediately oh. <laughs> began to flourish in the new climate. Uh, Kenyon, mm. I think you'd love this varietal because it is a distant relative of Merlot and it shares some of those similarities. It's also a yep. cousin of Malbec, so it has like a lot of those. Uh. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like a super grape. Um, it's a it's a deep purple. It's silky. It's full bodied, but it it's little less sweet. It's jammy, but it's balanced out by earthy, peppery notes. This particular bottle is thirteen point four percent ABV, so like right in that sweet spot. It's full-bodied. This one's going to have notes of bell pepper, a little bit of jalapeno spice, which if you're not, Mm, which is almost like a sweeter spice if you actually really break down the flavor profile of jalapeno, and a bit of raspberry. I just want to add. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to add that jalapeno in South Africa is pronounced jalapeno. Perfect. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) It's For like, real. Why? All Everybody, if you say jalapeno, people have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> oh, yes. That's so good. It's jalapeno. Uh, it's fucking and they also Dutch say, people. They also say fillet. Like, oh, I'll have Don't the call filet. Me Phyllis. They say fillet. <laughs> <laughs> don't call me fillet. And don't yeah. call me fillet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is a popper. Mm. Yay! We had a crack last week. We got a pop this week. Here we go. <clears throat> We're all over the place. We're all over the goddamn place. Once a crack, once a pop, <laughs> once a can. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, she's sliding out. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice glide. Oh, <coughs> oh, God. Okay. So, so sexy. Ready? Amanda just makes this so sexy. <laughs> she's sliding out. With, oh, with her yeah. hacking cough. Ready to... Oh, Ooh, nice. That's pack. why you take Excellent. your time with her. You give her a little <laughs> attention and yeah. then she really pops. Yeah. Don't force it. 
<laughs> All right, it's 10.30 in the morning. TLC. Pouring myself a glass of wine. <laughs> and I plan on having ice cream for breakfast. So and I call you <laughs> Kathy Lee. So I'm 30. Ice cream and a cigarette. And a no, big ice, glass of red wine. Ice cream and wine. <laughs> All right, Lucy, All right. take it away. Yeah, what's our background in psych on militia murders? What compels someone to join a fucking paramilitary group? Good God. I so many did things. no research on the psychology, mm. but oh. I have some background. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the psychology is sort of self-evident. Toxic masculinity yeah. mm-hmm. and all that shit. Right. My my case has right. a lot of like young wayward men who are disenfranchised by the military that like band together. There's a yep. lot of that like camaraderie in being miserable and hating everything, which we just started uh-huh. a podcast. You don't have to overthrow True. the government. Like just yeah, grab no. a bottle of wine, call your best yeah. friends. <laughs> And record it and release it to the public. It's not hard. You can get a really cheap microphone and somehow people will still listen. It's fine. What? What? What are you doing? A lot of searching YouTube videos Uh on how to start a podcast. Yeah. Oh, this wine is good. Oh, no. Oh, yes. This is going to. I'm going to need a nap after this. This is going to get intense. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so first I think it is important to define what militia means. Yes, please. A mm-hmm. um, couple different uh, definitions. Covers a lot of ground. Uh, it's a military force that is raised from the civil population to supplement a regular army in an emergency. Okay. It is also a military force that engages in rebel or terrorist activities, typically in opposition to a regular army. Okay. Yeah. And it also refers to all able-bodied civilians eligible by law for military service. Oh, okay. so we're um, potential militia I'm members. not. I'm diabetic. Technically, it's, it's men. I'm blind in one eye, Yeah, so you're I'm definitely good. not. Oh, and I have I'm, a vagina. I'm lazy and I don't have a dick, so bye. You could <laughs> still be eligible for military service, though. Sorry. Yeah. You need uh, to get on our level. Yeah. You need a really, you need a worse chronic illness than the one you have that I won't reveal, and a blindness. <laughs> That's all. Well, I got a pair of scissors right here, so if it means Jesus. being drafted, I will take steps. Will you at least record it so we can release it as like a Facebook video for the fans if you cut your eye out? Oh, yeah. Patreon bonus content. Yeah, think about the podcast for God's sakes. We release a snuff film <laughs> for our highest level donors. <laughs> I'm not. Oh opposed. my god! Please, can we though? <laughs> <laughs> it would be called oh Up god. to Snuff: The Wine and Crime Story. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And it will be right. terrible. It will be called Lucy Lost a Bet. <laughs> <laughs> So basically a militia is an organization of non-professional soldiers in a fighting force. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Typically militias are used as backup in a defensive position as opposed to in an offensive campaign. Mm -hmm. So that is important to remember 
moving through minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's also typically for a limited period of time and also unpaid. So this is what separates it from like a military. Mm. Yeah, it's not professionalized because they're not professional and they're not getting paid and they're also not mercenaries. Uh-huh. All right. What's a define a mercenary then in relation like how is that different from a militia? A mercenary is uh like a private individual that can be contracted out for military service just and they're just in it for the money. Oh, uh, like a okay. hired hand. Yeah, exactly. And they used a I freelancer. Mean, yeah, in the in history they used to be a lot more common, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, okay, so militias are associated with civic duty, mm-hmm. which explains a lot. <laughs> Professional armies came about during the Renaissance, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of cool to think about, like, when governments and, like, states began developing a professional military. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And... Uh, the, uh, so professional armies can also be seen as a manifestation of corrupt governments. Okay. So, like, I was thinking about <laughs> the, the Hunger Games. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Like, they're military. It's, it's like a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's scary. It's an extension of the government, which was not cool right. in that particular young adult novel mm. series. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay. <clears throat> So, The Prince by Machiavelli, mm-hmm. as we all remember from European history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or don't um, remember just... because <laughs> you weren't paying that much attention. <laughs> Sorry, ma'am. So, this was, this was the, uh, they dis- it discussed concepts like whether it's better to be feared or loved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I distinctly remember a very riotous class discussion on that. Feared. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> what? Someone cough? Fear? What? No to which. Feared, <laughs> says the restaurant manager. Feared. <laughs> 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 gets shit done. It gets shit yeah, done. It definitely does. Um, so it, the the prince brings into public uh, question the advantages of political power. Mm-hmm. So it made people think about how these powers balanced out and how important it is to have a counterbalance to the government and organized military. Right. So, at least historically speaking, this is kind of when this concept was sort of like gaining speed. Mm-hmm. Um, like if there the was s- a corrupt government. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't uh, know anything so- about that. <laughs> No, don't be a puppet. <laughs> Hashtag don't be a puppet. <laughs> um, so the Second Amendment is oft cited when it comes to discussion mm-hmm. about militia in the U.S. anyway. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the Second Amendment is obviously part of the first ten amendments, which is also known as the Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. So it's outlining the a right of an American citizen, and it says, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this, but the, I don't know if I want to get into the whole gun debate, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. this is what people are referencing, mm-hmm. and I, 
I think that the language of this is definitely outdated. Yep. And I the mean, commas. yes. It all comes down to the commas. It's the Oxford like, comma, people. If we were to... <laughs> let's diagram this. We're going to need Because to. it is a horribly sloppy, badly worded... Get out your uh, red pen, girl. ...amendment. Really tempted. So, okay. We're going to leave that one behind us, but we're just, just wanted to cover floating, that. But opens with a, re- a well-regulated militia. Mm-hmm. So, uh-huh. Just going to mm-hmm. leave that out there. <laughs> well- Let it float. Regulated. Uh-huh. Militia. <laughs> Not random yahoos buying guns at gun shows. And some shooting of which up take a place Taco Bell. In airports. Yeah. Yeah. Technically that is a militia. That's no, just No, it's not. It's not well regulated. <laughs> well, yeah. a militia can be military or paramilitary. This is literally my next segment Ugh. is related to Yahoo is buying guns at a gun show. I hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means sometimes a militia is made up of soldiers, as in the Army Reserve and the National Guard. Technically, those are militia mm-hmm. groups. Um, and sometimes it's made up of not really trained civilians who happen to have weapons, mm-hmm. such as the KKK mm-hmm. is yep. technically also a militia. Which, fuck those guys. So, like, really. Well, technically, Ugh, ISIS is a militia. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. If it's not go- if it's not organized by the government yeah. and paid, it is a militia. Yeah. And there's no like minimum number of participants that it takes. Like I think a mil- you could technically be one person, I guess, mm-hmm. on paper and be considered a militia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the U.S., militia can be divided also into organized, such as the National Guard, and uh, or unorganized, which mm-hmm. again refers to all males aged seventeen to forty-five, and I, and there are U.S. laws regarding the definition of a militia, and I think that it still defines it as men aged seventeen to forty-five. Because can women be drafted currently no. under the current law? No, they can't be drafted, but they can join the military. Obviously. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We, have a, so we actually I, have a lot of uh, female military members. Yeah, we have listeners and shout out. Mm-hmm. God bless. God bless the vitamins. You're doing mm-hmm. yes, yes. You're doing amazing work. <laughs> uh, but technically, I think as the law refers to it, it's currently males age 17 to 45. Because fucking so this, patriarchy. I We're mean, starting a wine militia. I don't militia. want to be drafted, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be drafted. We will defend the wine at all costs. But I will defend the wine at all costs. <laughs> with my life. So this codification came about in 1903 with what is literally called the Dick Act. Perfect. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Amazing. It's named after some dude named Charles Dick. I oh, performed I that act. the bill. The oh dick God. act. I love it. Um, so it basically <laughs> defines the circumstances oh under God. which the National Guard is federalized. So it links this definition of militia to the actual U.S. military. Mm. Um, in the U.S., militias date back to colonial times when there really was no military service in place. Only, like, some rando British people who were, like, you know... 
keeping an eye on the col- the colonists, mm-hmm. but there were just a couple of them. So, uh, militia were indispensable during the French and Indian Wars. Uh, the Revolutionary War, the War of 1812, the Spanish-American War, and the Civil War were all fought at least in part by militias. So I thought uh-huh. that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So before the U.S. had, like, a standing military, it really was just militias. And that thinking just makes about- me want to watch Cold Mountain. Again. Oh, my God. Again Amen. and again. Amen. I marry you. I marry you. I marry you. you. That's so good. <laughs> uh, I got Ghostbumps. That is the best movie of all time. It's her <laughs> <Titanic. laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> Okay, in the 19th century, each state kept its militia organized differently. So, for example, in the Southwest, militias were aimed at fighting off Native Americans and bandits. Oh, bandits. Jesus. <laughs> bandits. Ba-bam. Good lord. Ba-bandits. <laughs> uh, prior to the Civil War, many southern states organized their militias in order to control the slaves. Mm. Oh, great. great. Yeah. So, kill mm-hmm. Native Americans and control the slaves. So far, militias are off to a really good start. Uh-huh. <laughs> they really uh, haven't changed much. Not then we get really. to the mid-90s. <laughs> oh, no. 1990s. Uh, spawned a bunch of privately organized citizen militia-related groups known as the Constitutional Militia Movement. Ick. So Stop I using patriotism is... as a crutch for your insane racist bullshit. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling that Sorry. this was sort of sped along by the internet mm. and like Shock. Reddit and all mm-hmm. that. I don't know. I feel like that's where people just absorb all of their bullshit and feel entitled and oh, including us, spurred for into sure. action. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um. So a these groups were largely made up of military and law enforcement veterans. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um. A quote select militia is a small group of non-representative portion. Oh, wait, a small group of a non-representative portion of the population, often politicized, like those motherfuckers in Oregon last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. <sighs> Which face no consequences. None. Uh, some and of people them were time. sending them food and beverage and clothing. Uh huh. So, led by Eamon Bundy, this group of people who associated with the Sovereign Citizens Movement were trying to advance their views that federal public land should be handed over to the states. They were fighting against the U.S. Forest Service and the Bureau of Land Management, along with other federal agencies. This led to an armed armed occupation of the Meller National Wildlife Refuge for about five weeks. So, as I recall... They were just trying to take back this federally owned land for what? Mm-hmm. What? Why? You Was gonna, it a money thing? Yeah, take care of it and yeah. control it. And like, that, there's a lot even, of work that goes into that. get into their bullshit thought no. process. I don't know. I, I feel like they were. That you watch f- sovereign citizen traffic stops videos on youtube (laughs) they are hilarious and it's usually like the dumbest people in the world 
I'm really sorry. I know that that might be a polarizing thing to say, but these <laughs> folks are idiots and you need mm-hmm. to watch some of these YouTube videos. They are. What do they do? Well, it's just like they get pulled over for having a taillight out or speeding or whatever, and they're asked to give their license and registration and whatnot, and they basically just start going off about how they are not, they don't have an ID because they're not a citizen of the United States. They're like a sovereign citizen and start going in on all this bullshit, and the cops are basically just like, are you fucking kidding me? I just need to give you a ticket because your fucking taillight's <laughs> out, and then I can send you on your way, and I don't even want to talk to you or deal with you. And yeah, then like, these, I literally don't even care if you pay it, but I'm giving do not you care. this ticket. Can uh-huh. you just yeah. shut the fuck up? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I swear to God, nine times out of 10, it's like some 17, 18 year old, like stupid white boy. Idiot. White boy. Yes. Uh-huh. It's infuriating and also hilarious to watch. So look him <laughs> up. Okay. We'll do. Mm-hmm. Love it. But I seem to remember like there was some that like part of their angle was to take it back into private ownership so they mm-hmm. could like chop it up and sell it. To make money, like right. corporation. I mean, that's a lot of fucking land. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of money sitting there, and I think that that's what it came down to. So mm-hmm. fuck those guys. Mm-hmm. There, I said mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of fuckers, I thought it's interesting <laughs> that in French, they no longer use the direct translation of militia, which is milice, mm. because of such strong negative connotations to the milice française during World War II. Um, This group fought against the French resistance, so they were basically fighting on the side of the Nazis. And the Vichy government, yeah. Yep. And in fact, the milice française was considered more dangerous than the Gestapo and the SS, um, not only because they used torture to extract information, uh, but because they were native French people who spoke the local dialects, who knew people and informants, etc. So they were considered, like, really yeah. scary. Like if, <laughs> like if a neighbor wanted to inform on their neighbor, uh, uh-huh. let's say, they probably wouldn't feel comfortable going to the Gestapo or going to the Nazis, but they felt comfortable going to a fellow Frenchman mm-hmm. to rat out somebody yeah Mm -hmm. that's fair yeah that's fair so that's kind of my background on militia what it is and like different forms Mm -hmm. i think that the definition is sort of like wide ranging so Mm -hmm. um interested to hear your guys's cases yeah definitely fall in line with some of this stuff before mm-hmm. we launch into the cases, though, uh, mm-hmm. if you're feeling tempted to, to join, join a militia, a militia <laughs> feeling besi- very disenfranchised, besides, yeah, besides the victimized. National Guard, if you want to join the National Guard, Do more it. power to you. Yeah. yeah. Good but for you. if you want to join a private militia that is run by, say, a white supremacist loser <laughs> or yeah. some kind of or religious v- fundamentalist. Uh-huh. Or the Vichy government. advise against this strongly <laughs> enough. And there's help out there for you. There is. In fact, you don't even have to get in your car and drive anywhere. Uh-huh. Uh, you can uh, use Talkspace, which is an online uh-huh. therapy company that makes it easy, affordable, and convenient to connect you with a licensed, qualified therapist. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Also, that was from memory, so <laughs> you nailed I'm amazing. it. Amazing. Um, <laughs> this service is also amazing, and I did post in the Wine and Crime Happy Hour group yesterday just how much I've been enjoying it so far. And there were some questions that came up that I thought are important to cover. So you do yeah. get paired up with a specific person who's handling your case. They will typically be um, licensed to work in your state. Um, you sign like the basic confidentiality forms. You give your emergency contact information. Um, it's very specialized to what you need. So there are lots of people that are available that they can pair you with. Um, and then your therapist does have like a little bit of a scheduled availability, which is incredibly wide ranging and you write to them and sometimes they don't always respond in real time, but they get back to you very quickly. I have not waited more than a couple hours to hear back from my therapist since I started. Um, and that includes during her office hours and outside of her office hours. So I've loved it. It's been amazing. And I can't believe it took me so long to actually dive in and get started. So I can't encourage you to do it more. It's awesome. And I love it. Yeah. Do you we text her or do you talk to her over the phone? I text primarily? her. We've had like a little 10 minute face to face. Hey, who are you? How's it going? This is me. Um, and that was awesome. Just made me feel like I was connecting with her on a little bit more of a personal level. But I feel like I started connecting with her right away like she was awesome out of the gate mm -hmm. that's awesome i mm -hmm. we get a lot of emails and messages from listeners about their mental health issues um mm -hmm. and we can the three of us can totally relate um and i'm always hesitant to be like hey have you tried talk space because i don't want to come off as like right you know, advertising, but it really is a really fantastic service and mm -hmm. prioritizing your mental health is so important. And mm -hmm. we just really believe in their mission and the work that they're doing. So, you know, I'm not going to say it in every individual message that I respond to, but mm -hmm. check out Talkspace. It's amazing. And yeah. there is a discount code for our listeners. Uh, it gets you $30 off your first month. Mm -hmm. um, and that is uh, Talkspace.com forward slash gals. I and used also it to sign up. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it supports the show, and there is a hyperlink on our website. So if you just go to our website's homepage, you just click on the link that says Talkspace, and there you go. You're in business. We got you. All right. Moving on. Let's do um, it. So my militia is pretty makeshift, pretty fly-by-night. Um, <laughs> it's Perfect. basically just a rough band of vigilantes. I that, like it already. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> popped up when, like, where they lived was really especially vulnerable. Um, so humanity is great. And... Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, it is called the Algiers Point Militia. Um, Algiers Point is an overwhelmingly white, upper-middle-class neighborhood of New Orleans. Um, it is home to about 2,400 people. Um, so it's kind of the size of my hometown, I guess, this neighborhood. Um, Algiers Point is graced with a prominent historic district, which is filled with late 19th mm -hmm. century houses, cute little like porches and like brightly mm. colored houses. Like it's picturesque. Okay. Like Cape May, and New Jersey. Yeah, it's really fucking cute. And it's got, like, little French influences, which is not surprising because it's, like, just across the river from the French Quarter. Mm. 
Um, so it's like five minutes by ferry from the French Quarter. So it's this cute little area, okay? And it's fucking white as hell. Um, so mm. the greater Algiers area, as opposed to Algiers Point, um, which is on the same bank of the river, but like, you know, fanning out from the rich part of town, uh, there are neighborhoods that are in stark contrast, so they're like a bit run down, and their residents are predominantly black and working class uh, and, and lower income, okay? Mm-hmm. So, in 2005, uh, the devastation of Hurricane Katrina mm-hmm. caused the deaths of over 1,200 people. Thanks, Obama. And- <laughs> why don't you go golfing? Yeah, why don't you go play more golf? While you're president during Katrina. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, My favorite. George Bush doesn't care about black people. Black people. (laughs) Which very well may be true. I don't give Kanye a lot. Yeah, this was before Kanye took a turn. This was, yeah, before he was like full cray and. wasn't yeah, it? Wasn't know. it Mike was Myers like, that was in that clip with him too? Who was just like, uh, "What the <laughs> he fuck just is like, happening?" Keep smiling, keep <laughs> smiling. So text help to this number to donate now. <laughs> Kanye could have used talk space. Uh, oh time. yeah, still could. All Kanye, right, so- if you're listening. Kanye, Leave Taylor our, alone. Our <laughs> drop the one Taylor fan, thing. Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't what do even do deserve if it. Was Join Talkspace and cut it out with all the beige clothing. Uh-huh. Stop right. dressing your wife you in literal garbage. You look like garbage. a filet of fish. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. not doing so, it for me. Back to the <laughs> devastation of Hurricane Katrina. Right. Um, <laughs> 1,200 people, over 1,200 people died, and there was total property damage estimated at over $100 billion. Mm-hmm. Oh, my fucking God. Fucking disaster. Just a reminder of how fucking bad it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Poorer neighborhoods of New Orleans uh, where residents could not afford to evacuate were uh, hit hardest, not surprisingly. Yeah. Um, and over 80% of the city was severely flooded, but Algiers Point... The neighborhood in question remained relatively dry and undamaged. Hmm, okay. Okay. And for this reason, Algiers Point was selected as an official evacuation site for storm refugees. Okay. Makes sense. I can see where this is going. Mm-hmm. For, f- for fuck's sake. So for evacuees sake. were instructed to go to Algiers Point by the National Guard mm-hmm. for safety and food and shelter because it was like one area that was not severely flooded so they were right. like go here like get your bearings kind of thing mm-hmm. save um, your family yeah save your like save your lives yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. at this time the median household income of algiers point was around fifty five thousand dollars a year um and eighty five thousand dollars for a family of four mm-hmm. um and meanwhile, the medium income of the greater Algiers area was less than half of that. Jesus Christ. Mm. Not okay. livable. Yeah. So it's it's a very unequal economic situation. Footing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
being on the west bank of the Mississippi, and I've never been to New Orleans, so I know nothing about it, but this is what I read, um, opposite of central New Orleans, um, basically all the humanitarian relief, like FEMA and the Red Cross and the military, and most of that help was on the other side of the, the river, okay. basically. Because that's where the most of the population was. And Algiers Point is just five minutes away on the other side of the river. Um, and there's one bridge and then there's a ferry. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was relatively isolated, uh, both geographically and also, we shall see, psychologically from the outside mm. world. Mm. No. Okay. So there was scant military or humanitarian help on the ground on the west side of the river, and uh, the police command structures in that district were also in shambles. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but they were. Probably because not all the police lived on that side of the river, and, like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot fucking going on, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And they were probably, the. I'm guessing they were being called to help in higher populated areas. Sure. You know, whatever. So Stretched just, thin. They're, they're stretched extremely thin, and this is kind of the more forgotten part of the city during the, mm-hmm. like, initial few days after, like, the hurricane made landfall and all the flooding. Okay? Makes sense. So, in the days immediately following Hurricane Katrina, the... <laughs> White residents mm. of Algiers Point came oh, together as a community, but not <laughs> perhaps in the way one might hope. Good God. Or the evacuees might have mm-hmm. hoped. Yes. So were they assisting storm victims and evacuees? Were they handing out clean drinking water and other much needed supplies? Were they offering shelter to their neighbors? Doubt it. Not quite. I'm going to give that a hard no. (laughs) (laughs) Zero out of ten. I'm guessing from your tone. (laughs) Yeah. Not to be the tone police, but. (laughs) They went above and beyond. The call of duty. Yeah. (laughs) Below and beneath. Mm -hmm. Basic human decency. (laughs) (laughs) That was the motto of the Uh, Algiers Point militia. God damn. Below and beneath. Basic human decency. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Living trolls. What a bunch (laughs) of fuckers. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so. We don't uh, even know what they did yet. <laughs> Instead, under the guise of him. protecting residents and property and enforcing law and order. Nope, mm. fuck that. Just God it. damn it. Fuck it. The Algiers Point militia formed. So this makeshift militia uh, was comprised of about 15 to 30 all white men. Mm. Shocking. So the government. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Continue. Um, <laughs> Were they all a little paunchy, too? <laughs> yes. They were absolutely... They were basically like the dregs of the neighborhood as 15 well. 15 to 30 portly white men. <laughs> <laughs> Who couldn't run a mile if there was a gun pointed to their head. Exactly. 15 to 30 white men who hadn't seen their penises in years. In 15 to 30 years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel it. I mean, I know it's there. I feel it. Can't see it, though, but I feel it. I got mirrors. 
<laughs> mirrors. I got a wife. I got mirrors. I don't need to see myself. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> wife hasn't seen it in years either, probably. <laughs> I hope not, poor thing. <laughs> Okay, um, it sounds a little bit like all the sane residents of the area had evacuated, but like the people who stayed behind were the ones that were already a little bit nutty. Sure. Like in this yeah. area where people could afford they, to evacuate. They saw the people, opportunity to grasp a little bit of power because yeah. <laughs> right. it was their neighborhood. Right, exactly. So I have a long quote here from a really good article about this uh, that was in The Nation Um, So check out that article. I'll probably have a link to it on the blog, but this is the quote. Um, These men sought to seal off the area, blocking the roads in and out of the neighborhood by dragging lumber and downed trees into the streets. They stockpiled handguns, assault rifles, shotguns, and at least one Uzi. What the fuck? What the fuck? And began patrolling the streets in pickup trucks and SUVs. Nope. They went out looking for, quote, thieves, outlaws, or as one member put it, anyone who simply didn't belong. Oh, my God. black people. Yeah, people of color. Yeah, exactly. Jesus Christ. You don't look like me. I'm scared of you. You don't belong here. Get off my lawn. Seat's taken. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like your level of melanin. Bye. (laughs) All right. So this band of essentially vigilantes uh, put signs on the backs of their trucks because of fucking course trucks. Um, oh, right above their truck nuts. <laughs> right above their balls. Gilded truck nuts Ew. with hand-painted signs. The R is backwards. <laughs> a decal of Calvin pissing on a Chevy oh logo. My God. I'm not or a just smart like guy. A, Silhouette of a naked woman mm-hmm. <laughs> with her leg up in the air. Oh my god! All right. Um, so they put signs on the backs of their fucking trucks announcing their self-proclaimed authority. Mm-hmm. Um, there were signs riddled with spelling and grammar mistakes. Obviously, spray painted on boarded-up houses and businesses, reading. To some effect, depending on how phonetically you want to read things. <laughs> um, you loot, we'll shoot, and your life ain't worth what's inside. Okay. Uh, this is the most offensive part of this whole story. Yeah. Are there any pictures also, of these signs on the drive? Yeah, or no? there's, there's one. There's yes. one. Do you see it? It's like... It spells looter with two T's. Yep. That's bad. But okay. Lauder? They are right next to each other. The one on the and left says looter with two two T's. The one on the right is spelled properly. Yep. Why is it copy really your buddy? that difficult? It, I don't apparently, get it. If you're a fucking idiot. It looter makes no fucking die. sense. That does yeah. looter and die. I told you, spelling and grammar, grammar. mistakes. All lost. How Jesus. hard is it to write loot and die? It's easier. It's fewer letters. Yeah. Can I also point out that this is vandalism of a business they spray painted on the window. Mm-hmm. So they're breaking yes. an actual law. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Fuck these guys. Yeah. Just fuck them. Fuck exactly. them and their maybe existing dicks. You suck. <laughs> you guys suck. Yeah, they so did much. they did commit vandalism because a lot of the like local 
business owners and, and homeowners were gone. And yeah. so some of these buildings, they were literally vandalizing them in some weird guise of protecting them. Uh-huh. And also, I just want to say that, like, if there is the storm of a fucking century and someone is desperately seeking clean drinking water and basic food stuffs, Loot that is away. not looting. Yeah. That's not looting. <laughs> it's if not. someone no. was... If there was a huge storm and somebody was taking a fucking flat screen TV, uh-huh. that is looting. Still uh-huh. shouldn't be shot. Still no. illegal. Yeah. Um, but if they're black, it's different. They're definitely looting. They're definitely up to no Yeah, good. no matter it's what they're doing. Fucking mm-hmm. ridiculous. It is insane. Diapers and bottled water. Yeah. Shot you know, back. Shoot them on sight. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't yeah. see the problem. It's ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so. God damn it. As we've been alluding to, the quote-unquote militia didn't just stick to protecting their own property. They also decided to venture into the surrounding black neighborhoods to randomly intimidate and terrify residents there. Mm-hmm. So they and literally drove... That's where you lose any kind of, oh, protecting our businesses. Like, that credibility was loose to begin with, but now you are seeking out... Others. They they just yeah. want an excuse to shoot people. To yeah. shoot period. People. Yeah. 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 It's open season. Yeah. That is fucked. So they literally drove around pointing guns at people, threatening to kill them. People just walking in public streets in their own neighborhoods. Um, oh, and also uh, the militia members were allegedly fucking wasted while mm-hmm. doing this. Everybody, of they were. All, all these eyewitnesses were like, oh my God, they were so drunk. Like, they were so fucking drunk. God. Let's give them guns and put them in a car and send them to, you know, wherever and just see what happens. Yep. Terrorism. It's Mm -hmm. fucking, it's actually terrorism. It's the fucking Mm. KKK. Like, the storm hit and, like, two hours later, like, the KKK just, like, sprouted back up. It was just craziness. So... Um, One greater Algiers resident called a friend in another part of the city to desperately plead, we got racist white vigilantes driving around in pickup trucks terrorizing black people on the street. It's very serious. We need some supplies and support. Mm -hmm. Like he had, this guy had like limited cell phone service and like no electricity to charge his phone, but he like called someone to be like- Made this call, yeah. We're fucking terrified. Yeah. This is where the danger is. Yeah. Yeah. The storm is one thing. This is more serious. Yeah, this we're going to so, die. This is urgent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was as if a metaphorical levy had also broken, and the tenuous social contract of an intensely segregated and unequal city had come undone. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Okay. Well-written so sentence, one, by the way. Thank you. I wrote that. Thank you. Really um, beautiful. One Algiers Point resident, a woman whose relatives joined the militia, said, quote, My uncle was very excited that it was a free-for-all, white against black, that he could participate in. For him, the opportunity to hunt black people was a joy. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. That makes me feel sick. And she said... They, meaning the militia members, didn't want any of the ghetto N-words coming over. Ugh. She this said her, is sick. Ugh. Yeah. She said her relatives viewed blacks who wandered into Algiers Point as, quote, fair game. Oh, my God. My and God. What, yeah. 
I hadn't heard about any of this. Also, no, me neither. Of course Trina. this is unreported. Of course this yeah. is unreported. Yeah. Well, I'd heard of similar things happening with police officers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. there was that bridge where pe- they were oh. just, like, sniping out people who were trying to, to cross. escape. Yeah. Yes. Crossing that bridge. Yes. And most of the post-Katrina legal action has been about that. Mm-hmm. But we're going to get into this specific case in a moment. Mm-hmm. So, um, one militia member fondly recalled to reporters, it was great. It was like pheasant shooting in South Dakota. If it moved, <gasps> you shot it. Oh, oh my God. I yep. have no words for this. I hope that garbage. person is in prison right now. Or nope. dead. Def- definitely or dead. not. Nope. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, so then on September 1st, just a few days after the massive levee failure and, like, catastrophic flooding, um, this makeshift militia turned extra violent and almost deadly. Mm. Um, So, Roland Bourgeois Jr. Oh, no. Real name. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Fuck. Bourgeois. I know someone with the last name Bourgeois, but... This person is very gentle and kind. Okay. Genteel. Genteel. <laughs> Justice oh Butterfield approves. <laughs> oh my God. Justice Butterfield. Justice Roland Bourgeois, Bourgeois Jr. Jr. Also known as Ashley Judd's husband's alias <laughs> in Double Jeopardy. <laughs> I love that movie <laughs> so I love it. much. Okay, so he was stuff. a militia member, um, and he took it upon himself to shoot unarmed, uh, I'm not sure if it's Donnell or Donnell mm-hmm. Harrington, um, in the jugular, so shot him in the throat with Jesus. a shotgun. Ah. Um, to be clear, the victim, Harrington, was walking down a public street trying to reach the nearby official National Guard evacuation point. Oh, my God. Who was doing exactly what he was supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Yep. He was walking down the street with two friends. And uh, when Bourgeois realized that he hadn't killed Harrington, just critically wounded him, again, shot him in the throat with a shotgun, Mm -hmm. he shouted out to his fellow vigilantes, I'm going to kill that N-word. Oh, my God. Oh. This man is not in jail right now for, no. like, capital murder. Nope. <sighs> we will get to it. Um, there are also allegedly other victims of the militia. I came across one report, and I couldn't corroborate it, but I also didn't, like, try that hard. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was watching Mindhunter. (laughs) I was watching Mindhunter. Oh, my God. Um, Also, I'm not a journalist. So, (laughs) there was... So, I don't fucking care. So, there was one... uh, Not a journalist. Allegedly, (laughs) there was... Not a witch. Not a journalist. Um, There was one bullet-riddled body that was left to bloat and putrefy in, like, some flooded area in the water for 15 days before being picked up by authorities in the greater Algiers area. Oh, my God. um, Also, uh, Cam Edwards, one of the NRA's uh, news Uh show spokes, 
people journal quasi news pundit. Yeah. Yeah, I did not know that the National Rifle Association has its own news show, but I'm also not surprised. Um, mm. Anyway. Quote, so unquote, news. Yeah. Um, yeah. He Propaganda. praised the Algiers Point militia for supposedly preventing looting. Uh, lotting. Lotting. <laughs> preventing lotting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, that makes me ill. Oh. So Lotting. Finally, in 2010, so just Harrington survived, um, and I think I think Bourgeois shot at his other two friends, and like Harrington was like critically injured and like didn't get any help on the scene, and his friends had to like drag slash carry him to safety in their own neighborhood because no one in the Algiers Point neighborhood would help them. As their friend is no, fucking- they're trying to kill him, oh and they just shouted, "I'm gonna kill that N word." Yeah. Yeah. I can't so, believe he survived yeah. getting shot in the throat with a shotgun. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, badass. I don't, I don't know how he's doing today. Like, I don't know what reper- like health repercussions he has had to go through, but could not have been easy. Um, so his terrified friends had to, like, basically drag him to safety. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Finally, in 2010, so five years later... Roland Bourgeois Jr. is charged with a five-count indictment, including a conspiracy to commit a hate crime, committing a hate crime with a deadly weapon, intent to kill, making false statements, and obstructing justice, because he also apparently corruptly persuaded an eyewitness to lie for him to the FBI. Of course he did. Because he couldn't be a bigger piece of shit. No. Why stop at right. murdering people. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, um, after shooting Harrington, Bourgeois then shouted out to the remaining terrified onlookers, anything coming up this street darker than a brown paper bag is getting shot. Holy shit. This guy is a psycho. Yeah. That... Oh, yeah, he's a fucking psychopath. He then retrieved... Off the street, the bloodied baseball cap of his victim and displayed it as a trophy slash warning to other black people walking into the neighborhood. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is barbaric. Yeah, this is scary. It's really, 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 really scary. Um Bourgeois. We're trying to be funny, I promise. I'm it's sorry. I know. Not possible I right pick, now. I always pick the heaviest cases where it's just like crickets. Uh-huh. Oh, well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Bourgeois could face a possible maximum sentence of life in prison. And I say could because he has yet to stand trial. What? It's 2017. Yeah, it's been 12 years. Um... Bourgeois' day in court has been postponed more than a dozen times since his 2010 indictment, and I don't know why it took five years to even get him indicted, but it did. Um, because the system is also racist. Yeah. yeah there's that. thanks, Obama. Obama yeah. hates black people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um, this delay is due in part to questions about his mental competency, because obviously he's crazy, mm-hmm. and also physical health. And in 2010, a doctor testified that he had less than six months to live. But side note, asshole is still alive. Also, I don't care. 
Yeah. Use yeah. those last then you six should months. Get- to fucking to, nail his ass. Stand trial. Yeah. yeah. Like rot in prison He's and bring some degree of closure. He's still clearly a danger to society if, but we don't, you know, our fucking legal system in a lot of ways wouldn't consider someone who is targeting black people a quote danger to society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so um, fucked. This year in July, a psychiatrist deemed him mentally and physically fit to stand trial. So he might stand trial finally, but I there's no further word on it right now. So he still has not even had his day in court, this fucking crazed asshole. Is this him, this bald dude? Yeah, he's a bald dude with like just like a hint of a goatee. Oh my Ugh. God, he's so gross. Oh, also, he's not wearing a shirt yeah. in his mugshot? He's a puffy man. Yeah. He looks like a glazed ham. <laughs> he looks he like does a, look like a glazed but ham. But you can see the tan, line, the tan line of a t-shirt neck. It's it bad. looks yeah. like he's wearing a white shirt, but that's just skin. <laughs> yeah. Yep. If that's you amazing. unfocus your eyes a little bit, he looks a little bit. Nope. Still bad. Still bad. <laughs> Still worse. Yeah. Oh god! Real if bad. you close your eyes completely, he looks better. He's yeah. still. A if piece you of shit. don't have hair on your head, you can't have a goatee. <laughs> <laughs> That's the rule. That's the law. That's you can maybe th- have a full beard because, like, amendment. some guys can pull that off, but you cannot have the like ZZ stylized top. facial hair if right. you have no fucking hair on your scalp. I love that man. bald head He's... chin strap look, personally. <laughs> where, no. like, where Imagine... does the chin strap connect? Because there's no hair up there. There's just no, connects at the yeah, ear. Just stops. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got one more little tidbit. Um, so in 2016, Algiers Point was named NOLA's Neighborhood of the Year. Oh, great. In an article about the honor, it is described as the, quote, Mayberry of New Orleans, a small, tight-knit community where neighbors all know each other. Mm. And it boasts some of the lowest crime stats in all of the parish, and it's an extremely active and engaged base of residents. In the summer, they show family movies outdoors on the lawn of a local church, and there's a Wednesday evening live concert series. Burn it down. <laughs> we don't allow black people. Yeah. God. Yep. So that's that, my case. I just threw up in my mouth. Yep. I mean, I do that. I'm regularly, picturing Pleasantville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Pleasantville Crow. Okay. when it becomes a fucking race war. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. 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 Cool. Um. Great. Story you wove there. I feel really good about humanity now. So that is a militia and why we need better gun control. Go on. Uh Uh-huh. Well, my case is slightly (laughs) less racially charged, but not much better. Slightly. If you so, wanted to lighten the mood, yeah, at all, I'll, I'll lighten the mood with the story I'd of welcome the fear that. militia. Anytime, <laughs> chime in anytime. The fear, the militia. fear militia. <laughs> this should lighten well, things fuck. up. I'm just gonna. <laughs> the names in this are pretty good, though. Main character here, Isaac Aguigui. Aguigui. <laughs> I'm probably pronouncing Aguigui. that wrong, but I'm going with Aguigui. 
Oui, oui, ah, oui, oui. Ah, Isaac, ah, oui, oui. <laughs> This story. Marriage. Marriage. Isaac, ah, oui, oui. <laughs> this story was suggested by listener Christina Hill, and oh my loud, this story is crazy. <laughs> so crazy that Justice Butterfield couldn't even wrap his tiny little hands around it. I don't know why Justice Butterfield in my head has tiny hands, but he does. <laughs> well, he's a cis white man, he's got tiny hands. Yeah, exactly. Apparently, <laughs> Christina's husband knew Awiwi, this douchebag, What? Isaac, before he was a douche. He was Isaac's mm. swim coach when Isaac was just, like, a kid. But okay. they have a okay. connection, and they were apparently just, like, shocked. I mean, they'd obviously lost touch with him over the years, and then they heard about this, and they were like, what? No way. But yes, yes way, Awiwi. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, yes, yes. Also, in my <laughs> brief research of militias in general, I learned that militias in the U.S. are basically insane and usually racist, like, bro cults. Yep. And yep. Bro cults. The Credonias, of the, like world, the Credonias of the world are, like, equally as malicious, but mm -hmm. we're a little bit more thoughtful in our execution. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I will dive into this story. Hang on tight because it's kind of a long one and it's got a lot of weird shit. Can I just point out that you lumped yourself in with the Cretonias of the world? <laughs> yeah, of a mass fucking mass murder. Of course I We're a little I, more creative in our execution. If I <laughs> am not a cult leader by the time I'm 50, I have made a wrong turn somewhere. <laughs> Something is wrong. <clears throat> Join my cult. Oh my okay. god. I support you. Isaac Aguirre was a Aguirre. charismatic figure at Fort Stewart, which is a U.S. Army post in Georgia. Apparently, it's like one of the largest in the nation and certainly the largest in the eastern part of the country. Um, thousands and thousands and thousands of residents live both like on the base who are working in our families and also live right around the base. So it's like this huge military community. He was young, full of promise. He came from a long line of military men in his family. His father, his grandfather, his great-grandfather all served in the military. He was accepted at prestigious military prep school West Point in 2009, where he met his future wife, Deirdre. They married very young. They were only in their early 20s, and they were ready to take on a life of military service together. Mm. Their relationship was rocky. Um, it was against the rules for them to date. At West Point, I don't think anybody could have any romantic relationships while they were in, like, military prep school. Um, and yeah, allegedly, Isaac was kicked out because of this relationship before he even graduated. But Deirdre was not. She was a little bit older than him, so it's possible that she had graduated before it, this relationship okay. came to light. And she was excelling in the military, was deployed to Iraq, um, and was doing really well. She returned... They stayed together, even though their relationship was, like, tumultuous at best. They moved into a little apartment on the base at Fort Stewart, and they conceived a son, Calvin, in mm. 2011. Mm. Calvin. <coughs> little Calvin. <laughs> But they spelled it with a K, which, like, What? those are genes. That is a unit of measurement? Yeah. Fuck off. Calvin. Oh, no, even Calvin <laughs> Klein is with a C. The Klein is with a K. I don't know. Either way. Yeah, Calvin um, with a Calvin with a K, K a yeah. 
is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, Calvin Uguigui is atrocious. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't approve yeah, no, yeah, of any of this. Um, around the same time that Deirdre had become pregnant, she was also promoted to sergeant, which was several ranks above Isaac. And he... In the meantime, couldn't handle it. Continued oh. to struggle in the army. He was often disciplined for his behavior. He was just kind of a little shit. And he was mm. a lot of times what they they do when they're what they can do when they're punishing you. There are lots of different things that can be done, but they can lower your rank. But he was like already the lowest rank, so they would just give him like a bunch of Charlie work that he had to do and just mundane tasks. I don't know if anybody Peel and watches. Potatoes. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, but Charlie work is like killing the rats in the bathroom and like cleaning the urinals <laughs> and changing the urinal cakes. Charlie works. Yeah, so that's basically what that they would do. I thought that was a legitimate phrase I for thought a it was like a military term too. Oh, like a, well, you know, it's like a, a legitimate private. phrase in a pop Charlie. culture. I'm going to get a lot of <laughs> approval from listeners for referencing yeah. Charlie work. You are. <laughs> so <laughs> he's struggling. She's doing well. Killing rats. <laughs> when Deirdre was five months pregnant, she did post on her Facebook about the physical discomfort due to her pregnancy, because being pregnant is terrible. I can only imagine. It sounds like hell. Um, yeah. And how bad her heartburn had gotten, which I can totally relate to. Quote, I feel like I swallowed a fireball, she wrote. And a few days later, her parents get a phone call from Isaac. He said he went to lie down and Deirdre went to watch TV in the other room. When Isaac got up, Deirdre was unresponsive. He tried to wake her up and rushed her to the ER. They worked on her for about an hour and tried to save the baby, but it didn't work. That was the statement from, that was what he had told Deirdre's parents. Okay. Did he confess to drinking a bunch of cough syrup? No. Uh, Uguigui fuck that guy also. <laughs> told another soldier that doctors believed a blood clot had killed Deirdre, and she had suffered from an embolism while in Iraq, so this was not out of the realm of possibility. But in an audio diary that he kept, which, no, I could not find any of the audio, sadly. I think it's still audio under lock and key, diary. but he kept an audio diary. He I made, hate this no. guy. Oh, I hate yeah. him so much. He made an entry three months later in which he blamed himself. Quote, I'm feeling lonely, sad, confused, angry, frustrated, pissed at the world, pissed at myself. I keep thinking about the night she died and I get angry that I didn't know CPR. What kind of fucking soldier doesn't know CPR? Well, you're a terrible soldier. Charlie work soldier. Charlie work soldier. Sergeant Charlie work does not know CPR. (laughs) At At Deirdre's funeral, he was withdrawn, avoiding her parents. Um, quote, you could tell he was devastated, said his Matt, his friend Matt, who has an insanely Greek last name, and I'm going to try to pronounce it, but it's (laughs) eight miles long in all consonants. Okay, ready? (laughs) Asimakopoulos. Matt Asimakopoulos. Rama Tosima. Not not too bad. (laughs) Matt, Greek restaurant. The only I know word. one Greek word, <laughs> and it's the word for postage stamp. Yeah. Lucy and I went to Greece when we were young and free and, um, <laughs> and still writing postcards. The good old days. We wrote days. a million postcards, and the, we had to buy so many stamps, and the only Greek word we learned was the word for stamps. Let's and hear I still it. remember it. Ramatosima. Ramatosima. Asimakopoulos. Hmm. <laughs> um, Milo Yananopoulos. Yes. 
So his friend Matt said he didn't want to be around people and that he thought he was trying to cope with it in his head and kind of get through it. Which, like, okay. Sure. But grief did not prevent Agwigui from visiting the (laughs) army office in charge of death benefits two days after Deirdre's death. Two days? Two days. No. As the spouse of a soldier who died on active duty, he was entitled to about half a million dollars. Oh, God, I puked in my mouth. I'm sorry. And within days, (laughs) he got an initial payment of $100,000. Okay? Oh, my God. So he's got a lot of money now. Shortly before his wife's death, according to court documents, he started actively recruiting troubled or disillusioned soldiers for his militia through a process he called the awakening. No. Nope. I genuinely, because I'm a little drunk, I genuinely forgot that there was going to be a militia angle, and I was just shocked. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's only the entire episode. I was like, what? This is where it gets really fucking bro culty. Like, this is the broiest bro cult of all time, okay? Yeah. Uh So, Aguigui adopted a manifesto, (laughs) per se, and would make new members read a magazine article about Rainbow Six Patriots, a then-upcoming video game about U.S. soldiers attacking the government in an effort to return the United States to greatness. Those who liked the game's concept were welcomed into the militia. Oh, my God. I have some screenshots Um, from Rainbow Six on the drive if you want to get a feel for what this game is about. Yes. Uh, I want to see the storyboard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my. It's, yeah, it's a game about a white militia that wants to overthrow the government, so it's, like, perfect. Wait, is it a, is it a Tom Clancy novel? Yeah. No. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd assume so, but... So These they, people have assault rifles, guns, yeah. and there's a school bus in the background. Yeah, it's pretty dope. This can't be good. It looks like every douchebag's wet dream. Yeah, it really does. So, oh, God. the inner circle of the Fear Militia, which stands for Forever Enduring, Always Ready, which sounds like a douche, like an actual, like Summer's Eve, Forever Enduring, mm-hmm. Always Ready. <laughs> like, what? It sounds like a frat slogan. It sounds like they wanted to call their militia Fear and just made so something just, up. Yes. Plugged in yes. some words. Yes. yes. It's like, put a little thought. Um, they all sport Did they tattoos. Spell it correctly? Yes, as according to anything that I could find, it was properly spelled. So I'll give them that one fraction of a point. Yeah. It's spelled F E R E. F E R. Fair. <laughs> Fair militia. Fairy? Fairy? Guy Fieri militia. <laughs> Diners, drive ins, and militias. Um, so they all have matching tattoos of the Greek letters Alpha and Omega, which signify the beginning and the end. It's like, could you be more of a bro? Where is your like Chinese symbol that means honor? Like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. yeah. Where's your tribal tat? Yeah. Your your <laughs> tribal armband. Oh, what tribe are you yeah. in? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't same. go all the way around because one part of your bicep is like especially sensitive and they and couldn't like, hack it too much of a bitch <laughs> yeah yeah. I'm gonna get it filled in later Yeah, it's a work in progress it's gonna be a full sleeve <laughs> yeah okay 
right. The same symbol is engraved on some of their guns, and they had big plans, okay? So they wanted to move their headquarters, which was like their buddy's garage, with their poor buddy's <laughs> wife being like, what the fuck is, okay, well, you just live here now. Cool. All right. I'm just going to go Taking care with of this. her hungry guys. Yeah, her hungry guys. <laughs> Totino's pizza rolls. <laughs> Everything loops back. My hungry guys. <laughs> I can see, I can see them like plotting <gasps> something in she this gross garage. She <laughs> opens the door. <laughs> you guys need more sandwiches? <laughs> Get out of here, Doreen. Her name is Heather, I think. Any, anybody want Heather. a cold one? <laughs> I've got oh overs. Anyway, <laughs> they wanted to move their headquarters to a compound in Washington State where they could set up a security company as like a front. For their criminal activities. They <laughs> wanted to move across the country? Yes. They wanted to move. They found this giant plot of land in Washington State, which is where uh, Guigui's from. So it did, it's not completely insane. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, set up a fake security company so they could execute all of these criminal plans that they had, which I will list for you now. Was it the gift shop at Muller National Wildlife Red? Pretty Red much. Beach? No. <laughs> no. Uh, their criminal activities included bombing a major dam, poisoning mm-hmm. the state's apple crop. What Jesus. the fuck? <laughs> Don't take it out on the apples. No, and infiltrating the drug trade between Canada and Washington. But oh, their they got ultimate a lot of goal, ideas. Oh, yeah. They're big thinkers. But <laughs> they're, they're biting off a lot. Their ultimate goal was to assassinate President Obama and seize control of the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Didn't go well. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> Enter important Obama's character like, hmm. Michael Rourke, who is a young man who'd been stationed at Georgia's Fort Stewart base for four months when he met his girlfriend, Tiffany York. So Michael Rourke, Tiffany York, I know it's a little rough. Michael was 19, <laughs> Tiffany was 17. It's not as oh. bad as Mandy and Mondy. No, but it's not. It's pretty bad. But it's close. <laughs> uh, finished with boot camp, the formerly enthusiastic 19-year-old Rourke's attitude began to change. He complained that his superiors were picking on him. He was also um, part of a military legacy, and his father, who was a veteran, told him, you know, you signed up for a certain period of time. You need to stick it out. This, yeah. is, this is what you got to do. So Michael was becoming the exact type of disenfranchised young army guy that the fear militia preyed on. And as he pushed to get discharged, he kind of fell in step with the men of fear, specifically Isaac and his three closest buddies, who are mm-hmm. Anthony Peden, Tiny Peden, <laughs> Christopher Salmon, who they called Fish. <laughs> yep. That's actually really great. So yep. another fraction of a point for a great nickname. Mm-hmm. And Michael Burnett. Was there, like, was one of the qualifications for being in this group that your dick had to be smaller than two inches? I mean, I assume so. Toad. They were measuring. But it's also, like, some of these guys, like, Michael Rourke, he's 19. He's miserable. Mm. He went to the military because he thought he was supposed to, and now he doesn't want to do it anymore, and he's pissed. Yeah. Like yeah. just fake some bone spurs, people. like the president. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but when I was dating somebody in the military and they were deployed, mm-hmm. I 
can't even count the number of times that I very selfishly begged them mm-hmm. to like defect, mm-hmm. and it made no rational sense, and they obviously didn't, and like mm-hmm. carried out their commitment. But I, I mean, it's horrible. It's a really yeah. hard thing. Yeah. It's really, really difficult for the person in the military and for their loved ones. Yep. And hard I can pass, see someone not interested. No. <laughs> yeah. It's but just really he hard. was well aware, and not to pull this card, but he knew what he was signing up for. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ. The military. He was still a kid. Yeah. We're talking about Kenyon's ex or this guy. It's not the same. You can have an idea of what you're signing up for. What 19-year-old isn't a complete fucking idiot who thinks that they can plan out their life? And it's not... Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't buy that. Like, you can go into it with some semblance of an understanding of the military if you're from, like, a military legacy family. But you still don't know. When you're 19, you're a stupid piece of garbage and you shouldn't be making any decisions whatsoever. Especially not right. to sign over your entire life... To, I mean, I don't know. I, that's just me. I, I couldn't. Was it a lifelong thing or was it just no. training? No, of course not. Of course thing. not. It's, it's not usually, a lifelong thing. It's usually about four years. Mm. And then because this was during the Iraq war. Yes. Like the Iraq war is still going. And so a lot of people got, um, I don't know what it was called, but like but basically stop gapped or something where like mm-hmm. they signed up for four years, but then their tour was extended without their consent basically there's nothing they could do about it and so they ended up serving more like five years Mm -hmm. um isn't that a movie with justin timberlake i don't know i have no idea i don't know i think either way stop gap either way let's get back to the story we've gone on a on a rant but yeah i couldn't i couldn't decide if i wanted to fucking go to college at that age so it's just i don't they knew what they were signing up for. Like, I can't get on board with that. Committing um, to anything at that age for four, impossible. maybe five years is is a lot to ask. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But Michael became part of this, you know, fear militia and got close to these guys. And he was even put in charge of some of the group's finances as they built up their arsenal of guns, many of which were were acquired illegally. And he helped make some of the plans to build their compound in Washington State, okay? By now, Isaac Aguigui had received $500,000 in insurance benefits from his wife's death, which he almost immediately began using to fund the militia. While he was on bereavement leave in his hometown of Kashmir, Washington, he purchased $32,000 worth of military-grade assault rifles, accessories, and other weapons— he continued Jesus. to buy about $28,000 more in similar weaponry over the phone through November 2011, so he's not the smartest this, boy in the world. this didn't, like, flag anything? It did. In September of 2011, okay. Wenatchee Police Sergeant John Cruz reportedly received a tip from a Washington relative of Isaac's who is concerned about his semi-automatic shopping spree and suspicious about the circumstances of Deirdre's death. After confirming his purchases, um, the police notified the FBI and the Army's Criminal Investigation Division and discovered that there was already an investigation being conducted into Deirdre's death through the Army base at Fort Worth, or Fort Stewart, sorry. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot going on here. When Isaac returned to Fort Stewart, he notified his fear troops that it was time to change up their process of purchasing weapons, because of course now he's under a microscope. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he gave members of the militia his credit and debit card number so they could continue stockpiling, this time completely illegally. And one of the people that he gave that information to was Michael Rourke. So he was running a lot of the finances. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael was successful in finally being released from the Army. And on December 2nd, 2011, he was discharged and reunited with his girlfriend, Tiffany. Okay? Two days okay. later... Both of their bodies were discovered in the woods by two fishermen near Fort Stewart. <gasps> oh my what? god. Mm-hmm. Murder murder suicide? Nope. Did they have a pact? Ooh. Nope. Oh, okay. And again, Deirdre's death at this time is still under investigation, and the initial military autopsy on Deirdre came back inconclusive as to the cause of her death, which is why Isaac has not been faced with any kind of charges at this point. But then, Mm. a little while later, a medical examiner who took a second look at the Georgia Bureau of Investigations this past, or in the last year, so this is kind of recent, reportedly in the last, like, I think this might have been 2016 or 2015, but recently, um, Mm -hmm. reportedly concluded that Deirdre had been either choked or smothered to death, so was able to identify a cause of death. Yeah, and choking is a very common... Mm -hmm. A uh, tactic and warning sign of a uh, homicide in domestic violence cases. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. everybody talks about, like hitting and punching and kicking, which mm-hmm. absolutely happens as well. But choking is a is a warning sign that the abuse can turn homicidal. Yep, and it's super personal too. Mm-hmm. Like you're face to face, and also yeah. if she was choked to death, I'm kind of surprised that they couldn't determine that earlier because. There's a lot of there are a lot of physical signs when right, a person is choked again, to death. Again, it says choked or smothered. So the cause of death was oh. likely asphyxiation, but there are a lot of ways to asphyxiate somebody without leaving physical signs on the surface of doing that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I mean, I'm not. I don't have all those details, but that is the cause of death is asphyxiation of some kind. Okay. Um, so we now are very suspicious of Isaac and probably wondering why he he and his inner circle also killed Michael and Tiffany. Yeah. There are, are a couple of theories. Some reports suggest that Aguigui may have believed <laughs> that Michael was using his money, which he'd given him access to, um, for personal items, and it pissed him off. But his friend Burnett said that his, his friend Michael Burnett said that Michael Rourke was a witness to a previous murder or knew information about a previous mm-hmm. murder that Aguigui had allegedly committed, whether that be the murder of his wife or the murder of somebody else is unclear. Um, and that mm-hmm. claim has not been backed up with any like hard facts. That's just hearsay. The mm-hmm. most likely answer, and what Michael Rourke's father, Brett, and their attorneys were saying, is that Michael was leaving the army and he was taking with him detailed knowledge of the fear militias, like criminal exploits and their yeah. plots. And he couldn't control him anymore and wanted to snuff out, you know, yeah. The possibility a, of exposure. A deserter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the Michael Burnett, the friend who helped kill these people said, quote, a loose end is one way that Isaac put it. That, like, Michael Rourke was a loose end that had to be tied up. Oh, oh my and God. His He's demented. Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Burnett <sighs> is, you know, has pled guilty. He's in a hearing. He says all this shit. Burnett said that he tried to plead with his friends to reconsider, but they were resolute. 
Quote, Isaac ordered me to come along and then he threatened to kill my son. Burnett said they'd already called Michael to come over and go night shooting with them, which like red flag, bud. What are you doing? <laughs> night shooting? Night, let's go night shooting. Apparently oh that's a thing. God. He brought his girlfriend <laughs> Grab Tiffany. Grab some beers and go shoot a gun at night. Yeah, exactly. Great what idea. What could go wrong? He brought his girlfriend oh, no. Tiffany and they drove separately off the base and into Long County, which is far off the beaten path, according to Burnett. Once they'd stopped driving, Peden and Salmon, Fish, approached both sides <laughs> of Michael Rourke's car. As Tiffany tried to get out, Peden shot her, checked her pulse, and then shot her again. Michael was told to get on his knees, Michael Rourke. He was shot twice in the head. The gun used to kill Michael and Tiffany belonged to Michael Burnett, who kept his weapons at Peden's house because Michael Burnett has a kid, so he didn't want his weapons at his own home. Um, Burnett said Peden took it and chopped it up into a bunch of pieces after the shooting. It was at Peden's house. Burnett said that Aguigui instructed everyone who was at the scene of the crime to take off their clothes and burn them. Okay. Five days after the murders, Aguigui, Burnett, Peden, and Salmon were all arrested. In recordings obtained by the Southern Poverty Law Center, Isaac Aguigui goes from indignant to confessional in a matter of about 20 minutes while he's being interrogated by the they Georgia Bureau of Investigation. They turn so, so fast. So fast. Yeah. <laughs> he, <clears throat> he broke down when the Ugh. agent told him that his fear family members had basically sold him down the river, making statements, and uh, mm-hmm. said he was the mastermind behind the anti-government plot and all the murders. So at that point, he's like, well, fuck, I gotta confess. Mm-hmm. In one of these recordings, he said, quote, you ever think how Dr. Frankenstein, Frankenstein, thought... What? Yep. <laughs> How Dr. Frankenstein thought when Frankenstein ripped his first person in half. Aguigui asked this of the GBI agent. Dear Jesus, what have I created? And all he wants to do is go back to that moment before he brought it to life. When the agent asked what the monster was, Aguigui replied, I think it's me. Oh, my God. Yeah, such a douche. So all of these men were charged in the murders of Michael and Tiffany with several other members of the militia. Apparently there were like 15 members of this gang. Um, And they were later charged for street gang act offenses, theft, financial transaction card theft, criminal property damage, among other petty crimes that they just stacked up. All the members Mm -hmm. of this militia were active military, which gave them access to advanced level training and made them far mm-hmm. more dangerous, and they, like, knew what kind of weapons to buy and, honestly, where to get them. So, is if you're an, a member of the active military and you join a paramilitary group, shouldn't you be courts-martialed? Like, yes, and I think that that's on top of all of these murder charges. And I kind of went down the rabbit hole a little bit in reading about, like how this case in particular also changed some of the vetting process for accepting new recruits and basically how like the military is supposed to do pretty extensive research into it's like a crazy background check to make sure that you haven't been like affiliated with any hate groups or the KKK or you know your mental stability and all that stuff but at the time that this was happening they were trying to build their troops because of everything that was going on in yeah, Iraq. They were desperate to recruit. Yeah, so yeah. they were overlooking a lot of red flags, and as a result, yeah. this is not the only. This is maybe one of the most like 
you know, de- devastating militias that were formed, but this is certainly not our first disenfranchised militia in the army, especially mm-hmm. that was formed around that time in our mm-hmm. very recent history. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're supposed to do that. They And it is, it is the, the army and the government that are bringing a lot of these charges to these men. Mm-hmm. And they, like, mm-hmm. went on trial at, basically, on their base. Okay. Um, so I think a lot of those protocols were f- were followed, but this crime also happened off of the base. You know, they were all active military, but at the time that Rourke was killed, he was discharged, so he was a civilian, so it, like, crosses all these different lines, I think. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay. not anywhere near capable of being able to pick that apart. Um, right. But... Uh, Isaac was served with a life sentence for killing Michael and Tiffany, and while he was already serving this life sentence, he also was officially found guilty of killing his wife Deirdre and their unborn son. So he ended up with two consecutive life, or two, I don't remember if it was consecutive or congruent, life sentences Mm -hmm. without the possibility of parole. Um, his friend Michael Schaefer apparently testified that Aguigui at first told him that his wife died from a blood clot, but then a month later, they'd been up all night using cocaine and just, like, getting cray, mm-hmm. and they got into an <laughs> argument, and Schaefer said that he came right out and point-blank asked, like, what the fuck really happened to your wife? Because none of us are buying this shit. Mm-hmm. And apparently yeah. Aguigui responded, Aguigui, um, and said, he told me that he had strangled her with a bag. He said he handcuffed her, put a bag over her head, and strangled her while also mm. sexually assaulting her. Jesus Christ. And this went kind Whoa. of, yeah. This Here's what's so shitty about this, too, is that those details, like, she did have some scratches on her wrists, and she did have, um, like, evidence of sexual contact, but he had staged the scene in their bedroom with, like, sex toys and all this stuff. And, of course, she's his fucking uh, wife. So he said, mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, we had sex. She went to bed. I get up the next morning and she's dead. Oh. And now oh, they're God. like, well, that scene was staged and you're a fucking psycho. So that there's is the some, story. <laughs> there's some stat that, like... Uh, people in the military are like a certain percentage a lot more likely to uh, be domestic abusers. Hmm. Yeah, rates rates of domestic abuse amongst uh, like men in authority. Mm-hmm. So police officers and Women people too, in the though. military. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know actually about the stats about women in those positions of authority. I would imagine yes. Um but I'm not sure. But but men in those positions um, are definitely more likely to be uh, domestic abusers, and also their just like their jobs cause a lot more trauma, mm-hmm. aggression. And, and, Lucy, are you and, saying and that aggressive tendencies? You saying that women in the military are more likely to be domestic abusers or to be abused? To be domestic abusers. Okay. People in the military or who are police officers or who have jobs like that that are like, like you said, you're always on guard, mm-hmm. you're always on the offense, there's a lot of like mm-hmm. violence mm-hmm. in your and career, then you are more likely to be a domestic abuser. And there's like stigma for getting mental health help. That's what I was just going to say is these statistics yeah. are, you know, they're telling, but that said, 
there is so much that can be done to support the vitamins. Yeah. To Oh yeah, yeah for f- sure. To really help reverse a lot of those statistics and again, we have so yeah. many folks who are active military who listen to the show and we're not here to say like, "Oh, you're more likely to be a domestic abuser." But you do have to take some of those statistics seriously and offer the mental health guidance that is so desperately needed for people in these insanely stressful positions. I could never mm-hmm. do I could never serve in the military for a multitude of reasons, but I don't have the mental capacity to do it. I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I was just saying psychologically, like, in a position, you are kind of, like, in a position of power. And I'm sure in their household, them both being in the military Mm -hmm. and her holding a higher Mm -hmm. rank than him, I'm sure there was a lot of resentment. Yep. Mm -hmm. It just Mm -hmm. seems like a really volatile, I mean, obviously, but... completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Great. Right. So well. a lot more uplifting than the first one. This was a very depressing episode. Sorry, everyone. Sorry, the macabre guys, militia. You, yeah, you like this shit, though. You guys are all weirdos like us. You yeah, like it. you definitely are. You like it. You like it. Um. All right. Special thanks this week. Yes. Again, Lucy, a do you huge do your, list. This is crazy. Do you want to do your joke first, and then we'll do special thanks? Okay, so I googled <laughs> militia joke. Oh god! <laughs> and it brought me to some really dark places. Yeah. And it also in on the first page of Google results, for whatever reason, a page of lesbian jokes <laughs> was suggested. Oh. Like right. weird. I'm, I'm not going to go there, so... Although I would join a lesbian militia. Yeah, oh, yeah. that sounds great. A heart. That'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think they'd probably be too intense for me. I need, like, a queer questioning militia. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> a fluid militia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> go on. So, my joke is... <laughs> did you hear about... Oh, God. Oh, no. Did you hear about the the two silkworms that were in a race? No. It ended in a tie. (laughs) (laughs) What? That has nothing to do with anything. I know, because when I Googled militia joke, it just got kind of dark, so I went to the Reader's Digest website, (laughs) and that was my favorite one. (laughs) So there. Jesus fucking Christ. My second favorite one. No. What what's Forrest Gump's email password? J. Uh, one Forrest one. <laughs> that is awful. What's the worst part about movie theater candy prices? Stops. Why do you have so many? They're always raisinettes. Oh my god. <laughs> I do love raisinettes, and I'm going to use this opportunity to stop Lucy on uh-huh. this joke massacre. Uh-huh. I have um, 400 nope. more. <laughs> Moving on. So, special thanks this week to uh, Megan Cusk or Cusky. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a very like old school listener. Like, she was one of our first listeners. I remember I like. You know, she's one of the first people on Twitter to follow us. Thank you so much for putting up with us we and love you, our Megan. terrible jokes. Go Cuskies! <laughs> Go Cuskies! 
Gail Whitney. Thank you, Woo-hoo. Gail. Oh, now I get the hard name. <laughs> <coughs> okay. <clears throat> Eleanor Theodoro. 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 Eleanor T. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Eleanor T. <laughs> Uh, oh, my turn. Bryn McLeod. Yes. Bryn, Bryn. McLeod. Woohoo. And shout out to our actual IRL friend, yep. Ian Cobb. Go Skipper. Thank you, Ian. Minnetonka High post, School. Post more Instagrams <laughs> of your cat. They're my favorite. We love you. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Thank it's you, actually, Ian. It, it feels so good when people that we were friends with in high school and like, like sadly have show. lost touch, but like actually <coughs> come back and listen to the show and support us. Like mm-hmm. that's insanely nice. Thank you so much. Thank you for another challenging name, Margaret Margie <laughs> Go Goenlock. 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 God bless. Margie G. Go forth and when lock. Um, Billy and Allie Whitehouse Um, also I just want to say drive safe on your big road trip uh, and please don't pick up any hitchhikers but if you do it's probably not as dangerous as everybody fucking thinks just keep your arms (laughs) above your head while they bleed the stumps (laughs) Yeah, hang on to your arms yell don't scream raise your stumps (laughs) yell don't scream oh my god (laughs) Theron Schultz Theon, Theon Greyjoy. Greyjoy Schultz. No, <laughs> of course not. Of course that's not you. Theron. God, I Theron. have literally gotten Theron. all of the hard Charlie's names. Theron. You did this on purpose. Yeah. <clears throat> Taylor Canyon puts Avilis. them in order. <laughs> yes. Nailed it. Um, Judy, Judy Ekman. Woo! 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 Ellen. Hooray. <laughs> no last name. Oh, thank, thank you, God. Ellen. Eileen. And Kathy Eileen. Rambo. Oh, Rambo. Rambo. There you go. <laughs> You're right, badass. We love you all so much. Thank you for putting up with us every week. We and love you. And supporting us. Holy shit. Yep. We love you very Sorry much. Sorry for the depressing episode. Yeah. I'll have more mm-hmm. jokes next week. But a gwigwi, though. We're going to form a wine and cry militia Uh to fight the patriarchy. Why? What was it? Booze witches? Was that what was posted in the group yesterday? The wine wine coven. Some was wine coven and then somebody else called us booze witches. And I was like so on board with all of it. God bless. (laughs) Join wine and crime happy hour on Facebook. It's our closed Facebook group and it's really fun. It's the greatest. Okay. We love you. We love you. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have wine recommendations or creepy true crime stories to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. More importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. We are a totally independent show, so if you'd like to support us and get a shout-out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing.
Cheers. There's a lot of problematic things in pop culture today. Toxic masculinity. Bury your gaze. Slut shaming. But then again, there's a lot of things to love about it, too. Talk nerdy to me. Hi, this is the Geek and Amazons podcast. I'm Mina. And I'm Bella, and we love pop culture. But we also like to talk about what could be better. Tune in as we deconstruct our favorite books, TV shows, films, and more. Geek and Amazons on SoundCloud and iTunes. Find us on your favorite podcast app. Get nerdy with me.